the startup capital of the UK, Silicon Valley by the sea. Brighton is home to some of the most creative minds developing disruptive and purpose-led businesses. You're listening to the Brighton Startup Podcast, the show that brings you exclusive interviews with the founders, CEOs, and investors of the most exciting Brighton businesses today. With your host, Christina Perichetti. Let's get started. Today, we'll be talking to Claire Taylor, founder of a fintech startup that provides international VAT compliance services for online retailers. In the last two years, they have grown from 11 to 42 people in their team with clients in 52 countries. So Claire, fill in the gaps uh, to that intro and give us a glimpse of a day in the life of you. Hi, Christina. Thanks very much for having me. Um, Yeah, so um, Simply That started in, well, we launched in early 2014. I was made redundant mid-2013 and prior to my redundancy, um, my boss asked me to set up a kind of sister company um, to a VAT, um, international VAT company that he had um, and it was to do with data analysis. So I, I, I was given kind of free reign in, in branding it and getting it to market, getting the sales in, setting production up and everything else. Um, and it was a really enjoyable experience. I, I loved doing it. Um, one kind of thing I forgot was that he was paying my salary every month. So I thought, oh, <laughs> when I got made redundant, I'd love to work for myself because it's, you know, it was good fun. Um, so I put my redundancy money um, into setting up simplyvat.com. When I was made redundant, um, I had about six months of thinking, you know, what business did I actually want to want to do? And when I started to look around, I realised that nobody in the industry was speaking layperson's terms um, to the online retailers. Um, and with the explosion of the likes of Amazon and eBay um, globally, it gives people an opportunity to sell internationally um, really easily without having to invest in the infrastructure, understand the local markets, everything else. Um, it's just such a, a great foot in the door for people um, with international expansion ambitions. Um, but the one thing they were forget, get, um, forgetting were the rules to do with VAT. Um, so having been in client management in international VAT, you know, there was many a time you sat in a room with a VAT consultant and, and they could have been talking double Dutch. So I just wanted to take the smoke and mirrors out of what they were saying and making it really easy for people to understand what they had to do. Obviously, because this gives them sustainability in their business. Um, many people set up these businesses have no idea about the international VAT rules and actually it's a ticking time bomb. They could think they're sitting on something profitable and all of a sudden the tax authorities are knocking on their door and um, saying you should have been paying VAT in France or Germany. You haven't. Here's your VAT bill and here's a penalty to add insult to injury. Um, so we're all about educating people, getting out there and um, letting them know what they need to do to make their businesses stay successful and compliant. Um, so a day in the life of me, um, very varied. I'm never bored, it has to be said. I don't think I've been bored since, since it started. I did, I did start a business. The other attraction of starting a business, um, I thought, oh, I'll be able to have long lunches and like dip out and do yoga in the day. And I think after five years, I'm just starting to kind of, you know, reap the rewards of that. But gosh, I literally didn't have lunch for about five years. 
I did eat, as you can tell, but I didn't have a lunch hour. So, um, yeah, it's been so full on, so full on, but an amazing journey. Um, so a day in the life's really varied. Um, the team, as you said, has grown really quickly. We've now, you know, with that, with that really quick growth, um, it came with its own problems, uh, you know, kind of putting the processes in place and then paddling like you wouldn't believe to make sure the clients weren't um, affected um, by our growing pains. So that was really, um, yeah, it's been really tough, but it's been so rewarding. We've now kind of got teams of people, there's processes in place. Um, we've got, um, we're doing a lot of work on accountability in the teams and things like um, performance-related bonuses. We've got share options. Um, we've got employee engagements. We're really um, looking after our people and a lot of people really love working there. They say it's like a family. So um, we don't always get everything right, but, you know, we really try hard. Um, but a lot of the time now, I, joy of joys, I'm able to speak to the managers and then I set their objectives every week and then they talk to the teams and it seems to be, it's so much more um, or so much less stressful than it has been. It's still pretty full on. But in my quieter moments, I have to, I have to admit that I'm probably quite addicted to working, <laughs> to, to working on it. So, um, yeah, it's really satisfying. I mean, it sounds like, you know, obviously this business has not been easy sailing in terms of growing it and getting it to where it is, but you do seem to really enjoy the process. Yeah, it's fascinating. I always, um, I kind of think that you, the laws of the universe are at play. It's like physics. You know, there's a hole somewhere we just dash over and put a load of energy around it, whether that be people or, um, you know, different types of resources, and then that's fixed. All of a sudden, a leak comes somewhere else. I just find it a really fascinating process. It's like alchemy. <laughs> it really is. It's just fascinating. Um, and it is lovely. to. I, I love, um, I do love running the business. It's, it, it, people say to me, because I'm still the sole director there, um, and people say, well, I don't know how you've done it really, but I really enjoy being my own boss and kind of not being told off when I get to work <laughs> and things like that. And also not telling other people off as well, kind of, um, we've introduced flexi time and, and uh, working from home and remote working. And when I worked, when I was salaried for someone else, it was the silly things that used to make me happy. Like, you know, you might be, uh, I don't know, out somewhere at 11 o'clock in the morning. You know, when I, you, you, th you, know you, you kind of think, oh, I should be in the nine to five office. And little things like that actually give you a great sense of freedom in our, in our working lives. So that's what I try and give all the staff as well. So take us back to the first moment that you, you thought of the idea uh, for simplyvap.com. Tell us how it all uh, started at that one moment when you thought of it. Um, as, as, I, as I said, I spent about six months thinking about what I wanted to do. Um, one of the interesting things about doing um, VAT compliance is the re you know that that golden goose if you like of recurring income through the VAT returns so that was kind of always always just thinking about that that would be great to do um, and I was speaking um, I was having conversations um, and it, it it just came to me these there's these particular distance selling rules um, that the online retailers have to comply to 
And nobody in my industry was speaking about it or not very, in a very approachable way. Um, the competitors at that time were very much focused on the corporate clients and there isn't, the people we deal with don't have the luxury of the tax departments um, and they are the business owners, so the responsibility is on them. So it was, it just all of a sudden seemed obvious. And because I was in client management and not, you know, a, a, a tax, um, not into the technical detail, I had a better understanding of how to explain it to, you know, the likes of me, if you like. I've set up a, a, a business and I understand the pains of the entrepreneur. So I really kind of speak their language about what they need to know. And I think they're grateful for that. It really helps them sleep at night. So... Um, it, it was through research the idea came to me, but obviously that was my background as well, international VAT. I worked in it for 20 years, 17 years prior to that. So, um, yeah. Um, and at the time, we were first to market, looking after the e-commerce. Since then, there's been um, um, competitors kind of crashing in um, as well because... Um, Obviously, it's the perfect storm between the tax authorities wanting a piece of the pie and the online retailer exploiting the infrastructures of the like of Amazon. So we are in the perfect storm. We've definitely got a good niche product. Um, and we've got a great reputation now. We're really focused on client um, customer service, really focused on it. It is our reason for being. And we have a great reputation. We've been told that we've got really good gravitas in the marketplace competitors are going for much more quantity than quality um, and they're not holding on to their customers at all. Um, it's a lot of that hand-holding that I think really gives us a good foothold and foundation. So now tell us about what has been the worst moment for you in business to date. Tell us that story. Oh, there's been so many, I think. Oh, my gosh. A couple spring to mind. Um, Sometimes it's been brutal, I have to be honest, brutal. Um, one of the worst times, I think, um, we had a couple of um, fairly new employees and only been a handful of months between them both and they'd both come from a competitor. And um, I think it was one day last year in about March time, they both sat me down and said, oh, we're leaving in a week, um, we're going to set up on our own. Um, and that was just such a blow um, because it's so personal, it's so personal and you kind of think you're doing the right thing by people and in that week one of them was emailing um, her husband about how they were going to sabotage our software builds, how they were going to take our clients, this, that and the other. So I was just harvesting all this information and we threw the lawyers at them at the end of it. But And also in that time, both of them, um, we realised how little client work they were doing um, so we had a big, you know, we had to clear up that mess and make sure the clients were supported as well as deal with the legalities of, of getting rid, um, of making sure that, you know, we completely clipped their wings because they were trying to sabotage us. Mm. Um, it's so personal, you know what I mean? It was, um, yeah, that hurt, that hurt a lot. Um, yeah, that, that was the worst one, I think. So you, you explained how you kind of had to obviously deal, deal with it in a business sense, but how do you deal with that kind of thing mentally? So in that moment, you find this out. How, how do you deal with that? I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, 
I was so shocked. I, I, I remember sitting opposite them, but the, it was the worst day. It was the worst day. They told me I was absolutely shocked, absolutely shocked. And then we had a four-hour anti-money laundering audit with HMRC. Then I had to go straight in with this chap from HMRC, four hours going through all our kind of anti-money laundering checks and everything else. And... <laughs> Because <laughs> you feel like the first thing he said was, you know, when he walked in was, you know, anything you say could be held to get, you know, because you're kind of really under pressure to make yeah. sure this is really important stuff to make sure we're not supporting criminals. So I literally had four hours with him. He walked out and I just burst out crying in the meeting room on my own. And I know it, was the, it was the worst day. And then the team, the, the kind of my stalwarts came in and I told them about the other two and they, they were really all really shocked but everyone rallied round so there was such positive um positiveness came from it as well that that everyone then rallied round and we had um I was working at the week you know just we were working weekends they had dropped so many of the clients um what they should have been doing we had this massive kind of clear up thing and we didn't lose one client in all that they were phoning that was the other thing they were phoning the clients up and the clients were phoning up saying they phoned us up and said how bad you are um so I was literally singing for my I've got to stop saying that word literally I was I was singing for my supper um, with the clients and asking for them to give us a chance to prove ourselves. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, so it really tested you, the company and, and you as a leader. Yeah, and I think the thing is, because before I started simplyvat.com, I worked for someone else and he was an entrepreneur um, and his company grew to about 80 people, then dropped down to about 10 people. I've also got, I've got a friend who's uh, kind of at the high echelons of British hairdressing and other people with their own businesses and you don't get, you do not get it how hard it is at all. You do think there's this life of swanning in and out when, when people want and it's, you're, you're like in a cage with a door open. It's so hard to get to that point when people do something so so flippantly and so willingly. They have no idea how much pain or effort you've gone into getting your business to that point. Yeah, yeah. it's it's shocking. I, I never knew before I had my own business. Yeah. Um, it's not for the faint-hearted. Absolutely, and you always hear that, but I guess you really just don't know until you're in it yourself, right? No, no idea. And especially with an attitude like yours, you tell the story, but I mean, you are still kind of like joking about it because you have to, because you have to get through it in that way, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's hard work. But that's the joy of it as well. Like... Um, I said, don't always succeed, but at work we like to have a giggle. If I'm not, if I haven't had a laugh in the day, you know what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, we work so hard, but you want to have fun. So I think it's nice to be able. To, the rewards of having your own business. Some of the conversations I've had, you would never in a million years um, ever have those conversations in a salary job. Um, I remember going for investment um, through um, the NatWest Accelerator a couple of years ago and um, we had to get our investment pitches ready and everything and they put us, it was like a Dragon's Den style style setup. So we presented a pitch deck and didn't really get any feedback and that that kind of hurt as well. (laughs) You know, it's really, you're quite raw with it. And then a week later, one of of my peers here said... um, 
oh, so-and-so wants to speak to you about your business. So I had a chat with this um, particular man and at the end of our chat, he said, OK, I'll put in 50K. And I went, OK, brilliant, thank you. I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, all polite. And then he said, I'll come back and talk to you a week later. We'll sort out the shareholders' agreement. So he came back and we had another chat. And after that chat, he said, I'll put another 50K in. So now he was up to 100K. And then he said, pop over to my house and um, we'll talk about the processes and stuff a week later. So myself and my CTO, we went over. Amazing house, like amazing. Um, and we went through and then he phoned me up. I think that was on the Thursday and he phoned me up. And he said, oh, I'm just in the chip shop. He said, I've just been thinking, I think I'll put another 50K in. Wow. God, I'm on such a good alley rate at the moment. <laughs> if this goes on, I'll be a millionaire by Christmas. Um, but then I, I, I just was bouncing off the walls. You know, you never in all your days would ever think you would have that conversation like with anybody. It was just bonkers. And now we've, we've got to a point in the business, um, he's still brilliant, that investor, he's still so supportive and everything else, um, very relaxed but very supportive. Um, but now if he said to me, you know, if you need 50K, I'm kind of like, well, that doesn't really cover half the month anymore. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's where the conversation's gone in two years. Um, so it's, it, yeah, and, and you absorb these changes and all of a sudden, you know, we're turning over like, you know, millions now and you kind of go, I used to look when I first started, I had um, about 14 months of not having any clients. <laughs> and um, um, I used to look at your accounting package, go, oh, I, I just want to raise one invoice. I wonder what it would feel like. <laughs> and now, do you know what I mean? We've got a team of people raising invoices and it's, you just absorb it. It's crazy. Super crazy. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, Claire, even though you have worldwide reach now, your business is based in Brighton. So tell us about what made you decide to stay here and what is it like running your business from this city? Well, I, I mean, I love Brighton. I'm ex-London, hate to say, it came down about 22 years ago. Um, and the quality of life, I mean, even to this day, having lived and worked in London for a number of years, um, it just always gets me 22 years later. I gave up my car at the spring this year because I, I thought I've got to make myself get fit. So I gave up my car and I've been cycling along the seafront to work. And I, I just can't, still can't get over the joys of, of commuting down here. That is my commute to work. Instead of being in London and having like 100,000 potential <laughs> killers in your face for breakfast. So um, I, just, I just, yeah, I love Brighton's quality of life. I started the business from my best bedroom. Um, and then we've just kind of grown locally. I I'm always want that quality of life of not having to commute. We're really getting challenged at the moment with the whole Brexit thing. We employ a lot of EU nationals. We need the languages. Um, but we love a multi, you know, multi-nationality cultural kind of company anyway. And um, it's difficult to get some of the languages now. Um, also, if Brexit happens, we could lose like about 40% of our business overnight. And people say, why can't you, you know, kind of plan for that? But when you're a small business, your resources are used up to the hilt. But also the government's not telling us what to plan for. And with the VAT rules, the, the changes 
they're going to come at that point in time. It's not like we can divert our supply chain or anything else. It's very, very strange times. Um, so that has an impact and we're trying to be, we are trying to be proactive in, in managing that. I hope it doesn't happen. I think it's the worst case of um, self-harming ever. I am shocked um, at um, the politicians and the lack of empathy with businesses at the moment. I think it's all criminal. I actually think it's criminal, so that really, don't get me started, that really annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if, if Mr Johnson is listening, <laughs> oh, I want a word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I really want a meeting with someone just to tell them how, you know, how detrimental it is to us. But anyway, don't get me started. Right, we won't. So Mr Johnson, if you're listening, please take note. So Claire, what is the one principle that you live by, business or personal, that drives your success? I really, um, <laughs> it's, uh, do you know what it is? And I think it's really true. And I didn't realise this, but actually um, it's starting to become more and more transparent. I'm a real people pleaser. I hate to say no, like any way in life. And that really annoys me sometimes because my saying yes falls out my mouth and inside I don't go, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, but I, I like people. I like to be able to support and help people if I can. And I think this has been my ethos. One of the absolute values of our business is, is our customer service. Um, sometimes we haven't always been brilliantly commercially viable because we'll be trying to help. And <laughs> um, you know, and we're not charging even sometimes we don't charge any, but we do charge. But you know what I mean? We're very um, helpful and we go above and beyond all the time. And I think... To have that purpose in a business is really important to have that focus. Everything we do is about making the customer happy. Um, and we've done a lot of work um, with a great coach, actually. <laughs> Shout out to Claire James. Um, we've been looking at um, instilling the mission and the values of the company in with the team. So we start off with the, the mission of the of the company and the values, and then each individual member of staff, their purpose within that mission. Mm -hmm. So everybody's always feeding in. Everything they do feeds into making the customer happy, making sure we don't get penalties, making sure we don't miss deadlines, etc., etc. And in all that, actually, we have an internal ecosystem of making sure your colleagues are happy. If you, you know, you've asked your colleague to do something, make sure they've got time to do it, they're supported. And if they do it for you, that you... You know what I mean? It's all about real respect. Um, we always have a lot of empathy with our customers because I suppose we're coming from the same place, a small growing business. Um, so, yeah, always get on the phone to people, have a chat with them, rather than just be a faceless organisation. Yeah. I really think it stood us in good stead. Amazing. So do you feel that you've really had to work hard to build that culture? Has that kind of naturally happened because of the way that you've led the team from the beginning? I believe it's natural. It's really organic. Um, I suppose it's the type of people we employ as well. We want, you you know, you don't often surround yourself with not like-minded people, even that you only notice it when all of a sudden you're met, you know, you meet someone that doesn't have the same values and it can be quite shocking because you naturally surround yourself with people who think like you. 
so I think that that has happened naturally, definitely organically. Um, but I make sure, you know, if we've got a, you know, sometimes we, we don't always get things right, but it's, you know, for me, it's how we then react to that. Um, making sure that the, the client is supported. Yeah, yeah we, had a, we had a one-star review on Google and this, ch this chap um, recently, um, and I looked at the history and it was, it was, I have to put my hands up, it was a dog's dinner. Um, but I've got in touch with him personally and now I'm working through everything and making sure it comes to a satisfactory end. And to be honest, he's not, you know, I haven't even asked him to pull that star down, but I just want to know that I've done all I can to make sure, you know, we didn't upset his, you know, ultimately upset his life and that he goes away with, with feeling, um, you know, that we respected him at the very least. And I think the one thing these days is people don't think they've got a voice to uh, make people feel like they've been heard and that you do care about, you know, their experience. I think that's really important. Brilliant. And something that I know about you from chatting to you previously is around how important it was for you to set that kind of strong vision from the beginning, or actually after you'd set it, you realised how important it was. Yeah. Can, you, can you tell us a little bit more about that? I have a vision. I have a vision. I was going to break into song now. Um, I always had, a, you know, you have a vision, but I wasn't articulating it to the team. So when you actually, when you actually spend time articulating it, everyone goes, "Oh, that's where we're going." Is it, it is. It kind of makes it. Um, oh, and I, I think as well, one of the things I did. I mean, it is it, just a bit spooky actually. But in I think in 2012, I drew a picture. Um, this is before I'd even thought about leaving my, you know, job at the time. But I, I well, I suppose it was in my mind because I was enjoying the autonomy of setting up this, this company for my boss who was paying me. Um, but I, I did this picture. Um, I drew this picture with kind of coloured felt tip pens. And it's the weirdest thing. It actually looks like the office with my business in now. There's a map on the wall. There's a water cooler. The desks are how they are. The people are happy. The sales are going up. And the figures on the sales were exactly at that point that I, I drew that picture in 2012. So now I draw a lot of pictures yeah. <laughs> for things I want and see if they come true. Um, but that visioning was really powerful. I mean, it's, it's yeah, I think I showed you the yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's spooky, isn't it? You have it as like a little poster up in the office now. Yeah, like, a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's um, yeah, from, from Small Acorns. That's brilliant. Don't be scared to think big. I have really big plans now. I mean, properly going global. Um, and we're looking to raise money to facilitate that, but really excited about it. And I think we're in a unique opportunity to be able to leverage our good name that, you know, we've, we've worked so hard. So, yeah, although we've got some humps in the road like Brexit, I'm really excited where we're going. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, um, it's, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to keep smiling with it, I think. Keep smiling, keep dreaming big. Yeah, and this year especially, the quality of life last year was brutal because we had those hiccups and stuff and we had a slight fight with a Polish tax authority and they won, but that was fine. <laughs> but, but this year I'm all about, you know, like the cycling and I'm, yeah, yeah, looking after myself and, you know, and making sure the business is much more, all the clients will be glad to hear the business is much more stable. <laughs> Not that it wasn't stable, but with the processes are very tight now. Um, which is exciting and satisfying to have the 
um, to have been able to do that, yeah. to kind of wrap around the business and, and have a clear vision of this is how I want it to work. Um, yeah, and interesting things like um, oh, the kind of business jargon, KPIs, key performance indicators and all this, but people need to know where they're going. So, we, you know, we're working really tightly on those and it's making for a much... Um, not the team are, you know, happy, but they're much more secure now. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, less kind of flaying around. <laughs> yeah. Great. So on that note, Claire, what are you most excited about right now? What I'm most excited about, I, I think I'm really looking, I know it's going to be really tough, but the investment raise we're going for um, is going to be an f- interesting journey. So I really want to get my teeth into that. Um, yeah, and really, you know, obviously you're out there and you're in front of expert investors, if you like, so it would be really interesting what they think about the business. Mm-hmm. We've had a, a, a bonkers organic growth till now. I think we've got a really good track record to where we are. Um, so I'm interested to see if they have as much faith in it as I do. Yeah, it'd be an interesting journey. It's such a different time now for you and going for an investment raise a big one like a yeah yeah, yeah. A, a big one um so yeah I don't know it feels like we're coming of age a bit mm-hmm. but we'll see we'll see and Claire if people want to learn more about simplyvat.com wh- where do they go obviously simplyvat.com is the first port of call yeah. if they want to learn more about you or follow you guys on twitter yeah so our twitter handle is simplyvat and um people can get in touch with me and my email address. Do you want to share that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, email me. You know, we're really open and approachable. So if you have any questions, it's Claire with an I and an E. Claire.taylor at simplyvat.com. Yeah, it'd be nice to hear from people. And one more thing. If you sell online internationally, get in touch because I will help you sleep at night. <laughs> Brilliant, Claire. Thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been really interesting to hear about your journey and you're very, very inspiring to many entrepreneurs in Brighton. So thank you. Oh, gosh. Thank you very much. (laughs) You've been listening to the Brighton Startup Podcast. Be sure to check us out at brightonstartup.com and join us next week for another episode as we continue to discover Brighton's most exciting startups and the people behind them.